Insightful Podcasts by Informative Hosts. Insights into Things, a podcast network. to Insights into Entertainment, a podcast series taking a deeper look into entertainment and media. Your hosts, Joseph and Michelle Whalen, a husband and wife team of pop culture fanatics, are exploring all things from music and movies to television and fandom. Welcome to Insights into Entertainment. <clears throat> this is episode 75, Delays, Distancing, and Disappointments. I'm your host, Joseph Whalen, and my radiant and vibrant co-host, Michelle Whalen. Hi, everyone. How you doing today, sweetheart? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. So before we, we get into the show here, it's worth putting out a note programming note i guess we could <laughs> sure, say sure sure so uh we did do some of the renovations to the studio last week that we mm -hmm. had planned on doing right and which some that we didn't true uh which includes partial upgrades to our camera system here mm -hmm. so we are kind of running in a hybrid situation mm -hmm. right now uh, i have angles with the new cameras and we're still using the old cameras here however in order to do that, I had to switch over to a new set of software, which this is literally the first podcast we're testing it on. <laughs> so, so if this sucks. So I, <laughs> I am totally expecting there to be technical difficulties. <laughs> right. So right. Anyway, today on Disney Detective, we will be talking about uh, Disney World's employees are describing the cost of staying safe as coronavirus cases surge in Florida. Yeah. <clears throat> that should be an interesting discussion. Mm -hmm. Then Disney uh, is having an auction, which includes some vintage theme park art, costumes, and a trash can. You know, I'd be like all about that. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, we'd have to find a place because, you know, the trash can salt shakers you have fit neatly on the sink so right right <clears throat> yeah a big trash can wouldn't but we, anyway we would have to find a place to put it <laughs> right uh in our tales from the galaxy's edge segment <gasps> edge of the galaxy oh edge of the galaxy tales from the edge of the galaxy uh we'll talk about delays in uh some of the upcoming star wars movies and we will talk about the designer uh, of Snoke revealing Snoke's shocking true inspiration. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. I need to have that. <coughs> I got the wrong yeah, soundboard up right now. Oh, man. And then in our entertainment news, we have more delays. We'll talk it's about kind those. of inevitable. <laughs> we will talk about those. We will talk about our insightful picks of the week. And then we'll do a quick recap at the end of the show on our experience with Comic-Con at Home, mm -hmm. which we did attend, well, quote-unquote attend. Right. More so than we've ever attended before True. For, for San Diego. So <laughs> We watched, uh, what, three different panels? Uh, I think so. So And I watched a couple other ones uh, right. as well. So, so we'll, we'll get the uh, rundown of our experience with that and... Uh, We'll go from there. Ready okay. to start? Sure. All right, here we go. Go for Disney Detective. So Walt Disney World in Florida began its staggered reopening process earlier this month. Um, so they had two of the parks open, um, you know, one day and then a few days later, another, you know, the other two parks. Um, you know, they have various different procedures in place like there's no park hopping available so if you pick a park you go to that park for the whole day um there are you know the times uh that the parks are open they're not open as late as they they used used to be they open a little bit later um as well there's no fast passes for any of the rides so the, you know a lot of, is different about this um and of course you know, unfortunately, if you're watching the news or seeing 
Florida has, you know, more people testing positive now um, and confirmed cases than New York. They've they've surpassed it. Um, So as more and more people are becoming infected, more and more people, unfortunately, are dying. It seems like a very weird time for people to be going. Um, but they're open and, you know, that they, they are are reporting, you know, that they've been very successful so far in creating a safe environment for people that are making uh, their way to the happiest place on Earth. Um you know, uh, so the this article actually talked with a couple of different cast members um, and what their feelings were. And they said, you know, it, it's something, you know, the one talked about how, you know, we barely ever close when there's a hurricane or a storm. And here, you know, we get shut down for this longer period of time than than we've ever been been shut down before. Um, you know, they, they say, uh, you know, the one union, um, Unite Here Local 362 said that they, you know, been working very closely, you know, Disney and, and the union making sure, uh, employees, uh, cast members' concerns are, are heard. Um, you know, one of the things they were talking about was, um, cast members were asked if they could actually get their own thermometer so that they could do their own self-monitoring of their temperature and Disney was like, yeah, here you go. You know, they gave all the cast members working their own thermometer so that they could check. Um, one of the other things was that now they're being uh, a lot more lenient on the attendance policy, um, where usually people would be penalized for missing, you know, extra days due to illness. Now, you know, if somebody has any sort of symptom of anything, th- you know, they're not being penalized for it, uh, which I think you kind of have to in, in this day and age. Um, you know, one of the other uh, cast members actually said she felt safer going to work at Disney than she did to the local grocery store. You know, she knows that things are are being taken care of much more frequently and much more thorough. Um there were a couple of different YouTubers that I, I follow, and they were there uh, the last couple of weeks, and they showed um, the dinosaur ride, how they've changed it so that there's plexiglass. So somebody, you know, so you get a group of people that sit in the front row, nobody sits in the middle row, and then they put people in the back, depending on how big your party is, and there's plexiglass between all the different rows. And then once all the ride vehicles have gone through, they spray them all down and all the ride vehicles go through kind of to air out the cleaning process. So it takes a little bit longer to get on the ride, but they're allowing everything to get clean. So you're seeing that with a lot of um, the various different rides. They'll let, you know, a group go through, then they're wiping everything down and letting another group, you know, go, go through. One of the other things that one of the other cast members talked about was, you know, now you, you, you can't have somebody take a photo for you. You can't give someone your, your camera or your phone and say, Hey, can you take a picture? So they're trying to do creative things, you know, with that, like, Oh, well, we'll take a selfie, you know? So, so they're allowing selfie sticks. Well, no, they're not allowing selfie sticks. They're just, you know, Hey, let's take a selfie instead of, you know, doing that or, um, you know, they were saying because even the the cast members that are wearing face shields, they still have to wear a mask. So you can't see um, somebody smile. So what they start doing is like waving, you know, where we do like our little baby Yoda. You know, that's that's when we're smiling. Um, you know, they're trying to come up with all these creative ways to to show emotion while you know wearing the mask and you know keeping everybody safe so i have a couple of friends who have been there who are there now and they say it's you know it's definitely a different vibe you know we've obviously talked and we said we're not planning on going you know anytime soon just you know for the the safety reason of it but if other people feel that you know well, and that's the thing. Like right now, Florida <coughs> is <clears throat> basically the epicenter mm-hmm. yeah. of this outbreak yeah. at this point in time in the country. They're worse than New York, and you know. A, a lot of 
areas, a lot of businesses, mm-hmm. the beaches and stuff like that, they're talking about the possibility of having to shut down again. Right. Has there been any talk from Disney about shutting operations? No, down? Disney hasn't hasn't said anything and and you know, and that's kind of why California didn't even open because other theme parks in California have been starting to to open up, but Disneyland still hasn't because I think they're kind of holding back and and waiting you know, to see the only thing that's open there is is Disney Springs, is the shopping area. Right. So, you know, and this as is, of... this is scary stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was telling you uh, early in the week we had a scare at, at my office. Mm-hmm. We had two people test positive. Right. After they had gone to an event over the weekend. And, you know, my company stepped up. They've got <clears throat> a cleaning crew coming in. Right. Uh, once or twice a week at this point in time to to basically wipe everything down. Mm-hmm. The, the janitorial staff has stepped up their efforts to keep things clean. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are scared about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, given the number of deaths that we have right now, the number mm-hmm. of infections, there's good reason to be scared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, the determination we just made for our daughter Mm-hmm. You know, she's not going back physically to school. She's going to be schooling remotely now. Yeah, and, and that's something, fortunately, that our state, our governor, you know, kudos to him, um, said, you know, that has to be an option for the school year. You know, he doesn't want to, you know, if you feel comfortable sending your kid to school, do it. And if you don't, then there has to be the option, you know, for, for remote learning. And, and and they're doing it in a much more structured way that they mm-hmm. had before. They seem much more organized now that they've taken the time. Right. With well, it. and I think they, you know, the, the last time they had a weekend to do it, you know, right. school, right. they had school on Thursday, Friday was a, a normal day off. And they had sent out a memo saying, Oh, we're going to clean the school over the weekend. And then by Sunday night, it was like, nope, you're not back. Yeah. You know, and, and literally Monday morning, it was, okay, we got to do remote learning. You know, teachers didn't even have their, you know, their books. You know, the students didn't even have all their books. You know, we yeah. had to plan a, a separate time to go back to her school, you know, to, to pick up things. We're now, okay, fortunately for uh, New Jersey, we don't start until you know, after Labor Day. So we still have a month, you know, well, before school even starts. I so. think it's kind of funny that you have employees of Disney who feel more comfortable going to work at mm-hmm. Disney because of the steps they're taking right. than going shopping at going the Going to the grocery stores. store, yeah. We don't feel comfortable sending our, our child into school at this point right. in time. I don't know. I think I might feel more comfortable going. If we did, if we lived a lot closer... You know, right. if we lived within an hour's drive or basically we could get in the car, we wouldn't have to make a stop to, right. to use a restroom or whatever. We're 16 hours away driving. Right. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't fly, but 16 hours driving, you're looking at several stops along the way. Right. Heading down there, even right. an overnight typically. Right. And that's the thing is if we could, you know, basically stay in a bubble and, and, you know, in our own little pod, you know, we have our pod here. And if we, you know, could get down to Disney, I I would feel and, and you know what? And that's always been the way it is. If there's been anything going on in the world, I always feel safest at Disney World. Right. You know, when back in the day before we were married, you know, when I was single and I, you know, vacationed by myself a couple of times, the only place that I actually felt safe going by myself was Disney. You know, when when it was like, oh, I have this vacation time. Oh, I, I want to go do something. Where, where do I feel like going? Because nobody else could go. I went to, you know, I went to Disney. Even after 9-11, I had a trip planned for the end of October. And I still went. And again, it was a very somber time. So it's kind of, you know, almost like how it is now. You don't have as many people. Um, but that's where I felt, you know, the, the safest, you know. So if we were close enough where we could stay in our bubble and get there and, you know, not have to leave, you See, know. We, we should have got that that RV. You know, if we had the RV, we could have stayed in I the bubble. I know, we kept talking about 
well, if we got an RV place right up the road, I'm sure I'm sure they're running sales or something. That, that might be the trick. We need to <laughs> and get and that an RV. you know that I could I could totally see you know to 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 do something like that. But again, I think it's still too early, you know. And plus the fact that Florida being a hotbed and us being in New Jersey. You know, we we can't even go into to Delaware now without having to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah. Um, you know, so, OK, so our vacation was, you know, a week long. Well, now when I come home, I have to quarantine, you know, self-quarantine for another, you know, well, that's the two thing. Weeks. You know, my company has a facility down in Maryland that I, right. I typically go to once a month because I have staff right. down there. And because of the, the various regulations mm-hmm. that we have right now. I can't even do that because right. of, of these quarantine rules. Right, right. So anyway, you know, that's how it is. We haven't had any reports of anybody getting sick at Disney yeah, at this point. Yeah, fortunately, nothing, you know, it, I think it's still been a little a little early, you know, a lot of the, you know, and obviously not all of the cast members are, are back yet. There's, you know, still a lot who haven't been called back yet because obviously they're not at 100% capacity um you know one of the things that you know the one cast member uh says is that you know she feels very lucky but at the same time you know still kind of stressed out by the whole thing and that she almost has um um uh what was it um you know she has a, a um survivor's guilt yeah by because she's able to come back and she knows not everybody you know can so she's thankful but yet you know feeling you know guilty you know as well but she's like you know you got to go and you got to make the guests happy and you know seeing them happy kind of helps and and you know fortunately i i've heard a couple of stories of guests who are being jerks down there and not following procedures but all in all most people um you know are following the rules which is which is good to to hear so again i think it's still too early to hear um you know if anybody you know is getting infected and and that's the thing is what happens once the first case you know happens yeah well, we'll see. Hopefully everyone stays safe down Yeah, there. yeah. So tell us about the auction and how much we're going to pay for a trash can <laughs> now. So another big Disney auction is going to be happening, filled with different theme park memorabilia, costumes, art, rare documents, and more. And uh, it's being put on by Van Easton Galleries. And it's... Uh, Prominently around Disneyland's anniversary, but a good chunk of the items are actually from Disney World. So they have Disneyland items and Disney World. So the auction is called Disneyland the First 65 Years, and it'll be held on August uh, 15th and 16th. Um, The on-site auction is actually going to be held in Sherman Oaks, California, but will follow COVID-19 guidelines and will also be streamed live, and bids can be made by the phone or, or online. So, hey, I, I still have an opportunity to uh, to get something. Um, so on the Disneyland side of things, they have um, various things. They have this one sign from the Silver Banjo Barbecue, which was an opening day restaurant from when the park first opened and the auction house estimates that that will bring in between $60,000 and $80,000 just for the sign. Um, Among some of the other items are a gold VIP ticket to Disneyland's opening, an original Space Mountain ride vehicle, a haunted mansion tombstone prop, and a rifle from the Main Street Shooting Gallery. Um, Items from Disney World um, that they are talking about is the trash can um, that's from the Polynesian that says trash please mahalo um and that is expected that that's actually relatively cheap uh between two and three thousand dollars <laughs> 
Well, as opposed to sixty or eighty thousand um, dollars. Other big ticket items include an Epcot preview book, which was created for President Jimmy Carter, and that's between two and four thousand um, dollars. A poster for the upcoming Mickey's Philhar Magic, which is between three and five thousand um, dollars. And then there's other Walt Disney World items that are uh, paper goods, such as uh, brochures from the 1970s, manuals, press packets. Um, there's a Hall of Presidents uh, maintenance manual that was issued after Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford were added to the attraction. Um, and then there's some costumes uh, as well from the Walt Disney World marching band. Um, from Universe of Energy that actually has an Exxon patch when Exxon actually sponsored it, um, from Soren, uh, Tower of Terror, the great movie ride, um, doormats even from the hotels. Um, and then there were a couple of items that were uh, things that they weren't historic, but uh, things that were given as gifts to cast members. So one of them is a paperweight that has the Alien Encounter logo on it. Um, and then a gift that was given to team members when uh, Frozen Ever After opened. So if you go to uh, vegagalleries.com backslash auction, you can get more information and register and buy me a nice Haunted Mansion gift. So is this <laughs> is this a live auction? Yeah, it sounds like it, it's going to be because it's going to be streaming. Um, you know the the two days. Um, now I don't know if like both days are going to be. You know, if like one day is kind of the preview and the other day is the auction, or you know, I didn't actually go to the website to to register yet, but it's the fifteenth and and sixteenth of August. So, so are we actually planning on participating in this? I don't know. It might be kind of cool just to to watch there have been other auctions before where i've gotten a hold of like the uh the the auction book you know just to kind of see but i've never actually participated or or watched or saw you know how much some of this you know so stuff what was goes for what was the impetus for this are they raising money for something no, is Disney just, just tight on cash <clears throat> hey, we're doing an auction. It was just kind of like, hey, if you're into Disney stuff and you want some one of a kind stuff that you probably, you know, never saw before. But what was kind of funny. <laughs> so they have the, the 1970s brochures and stuff. So as you know, I was kind of cleaning this weekend and went through a box of stuff. And I and every time we would go to Disney, I always get. I always save a, a copy of the brochures just to hold on to, you know, because I'm always thinking I'm going to scrapbook or something and I never do. And wouldn't you know, I found a whole bunch of brochures from whatever various trip it was. You figure we've been in the house 10 years now, so it's been over 10 years. And there was even DVC information from before we were even signed up so we had gotten a hold of oh sure we'll look at dvc information so i'm not the only one that hoards it so maybe i can auction off some of our stuff there you go you know to plan so does disney typically trip. do uh auctions annually semi-annually they're, they're usually kind of few and far between we kind of hear about them um and i don't know if it's ever if it's you know sanctioned by disney or you know the ones that kind of pop up if they're private collectors that are selling you know off their stuff i'm really not sure how you know it even happens if it's something where the auction house kind of puts out word like hey if you have stuff and you want us to sell it contact us i but, don't know but i guess my question with these um items is it disney selling these or are these private collectors i selling? have no idea i don't know i didn't go to the the website to 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 look to see so this could be your entrance into a whole nother level of collecting. Absolutely. You never know. So that was all we had for Disney Detective. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. It's too many words. I can't no, remember all that. I, I don't read scripts very well. You're fine. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be back. Okay. <laughs> 
For seven years, the Second Sith Empire has been the premier community guild in the online game Star Wars The Old Republic. With hundreds of friendly and helpful active members, a weekly schedule of nightly events, annual guild meet and greets, and an active community both on the web and on Discord. The Second Sith Empire is more than your typical gaming group. We're family. Join us on the Starforge server for nightly events such as operations, flashpoints, world boss hunts, Star Wars trivia, guild lottery, and much more. Visit us on the web today at www.thesecondsithempire.com. Go for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy. So, unfortunately, in a surprise to basically no one, Disney is delaying a trio of Star Wars movies that had previously been set to release as part of Disney's vast, you know, and intricate calendar of events. So, the untitled Star Wars movie that was set to release in December of 2022 has now been pushed to 2023. The unnamed Star Wars movie that was supposed to be for December uh, 2024 is now December 2025. And the movie that was going to be two years after that, December 2026, is now December 2027. So the delays are obviously part of a bigger shift uh, that basically, you know, had Disney had to overhaul, you know, their release calendar for basically everything due to, you know, all the studios obviously being shut down. Um, and it's a game of dominoes. So when you start shifting, you know, the 2020 movies into 2021, everything just kind of keeps moving, um, you know, and obviously that affects not only Star Wars, but we, you know, we know that they were looking at doing the Avatar sequels. So now that's been pushed back. Um, you know, and, you know, Bob Iger had previously said that, you know, Star Wars movies were going to be taking a break after Rise of Skywalker, but, you know, we thought it wasn't going to be as long of a break as, you know, unfortunately it, it's going to be. Um, and, um, you know, the, the one that everybody's basically waiting on is, I'm not even going to say his name. You can say it for me. Taika. Oh, Taika Waititi. Oh, see, look, and I said it right. Um, there was actually a separate article uh, that that came up about, you know, like, oh, what's going on with his movie? And, and basically he said, we're still writing it, you know, so it's one of these various ones that's now, you know, in the delay process, but they're still writing it. So, you know, ha is it really going to hurt that much? You know, maybe then it'll make things a little, little better because they're taking more time, uh, to, to, you know, to put it all together. So, you know, kind of, you know, little disheartening, but understandable in, you know, the, the day and age that we're, we're in right now. So, well, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that, this doesn't surprise anyone. We kind of all knew that we were going to get these mm -hmm. delays. Yeah. What was kind of disappointing was they didn't give us any like little morsels, any little hints, right. any other information. Like it, like give us something to, 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 you know, tide Te us over. Yeah, give us tease a tease. Us. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, give us that little bit of information to hold us over knowing that it's going to be a little bit longer. Right. And and that's the thing is like the article basically said the unknown, you know, the unnamed Star Wars film this. The un like you don't even have a little like just a code name, even if the code name doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Call it something. Exactly. Um, and that's why, like I said, when I was looking at, at different articles, there were a lot of different Star Wars stories that were coming up. Um, there were actually two different articles that I I didn't throw in here because you know I wasn't sure how the the how long the show was gonna be, but it was talking about the whole Darth Maul 
aspect right. where they're thinking about, you know, a little backstory for Darth Maul. And, you know, and there were a couple of different articles that came up, you know, for that. So there's has been a lot of Star Wars going going on. Um, just, you know, not a whole lot of information out. Everything's very, you know, right. speculatory. And at I have this to point, assume so. that, that a good chunk of the animated stuff that they're working mm-hmm. on now can be worked on under the current conditions. Right. The stuff that you have to go out and you have to put a crew together to right. shoot. That's the stuff. Live action stuff is where you're going to run. Right. And I think that's where like the bad ma- the the bad batch is going to be able to right. you know come out sooner. Um, obviously, we know that they filmed certain things because you know we we had a story you know a couple weeks maybe even a couple of months back where they talked about okay well. This was supposed to air next year. We're going to air it this year, but we're only going to be able to do four episodes because that's all we have ready. But at least we can give it to you now versus waiting. So, so uh, anyway, maybe they'll trickle. Maybe they'll hear the the cries of the fans and they'll yeah, trickle yeah. out some of that information yeah, to us. Absolutely, to tie us over. Yeah. So tell us about the true inspiration for. So this was kind of interesting. So in the Star Wars fandom, you know, Snoke's theories are, you know, as, you know, commonplace as, you know, who shot first. So obviously. (laughs) Anyway, um, so obviously, you know, a lot of talk was, you know, who who is he? You know, and obviously in Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine revealed that Snoke was his creation, you know, but then uh, recently the designer who actually worked on the character revealed who inspired his, you know, gaunt appearance and kind of confirmed a dark horse, you know, Snoke theory again. Total theory, not, you know, that this is definite. So in talking to uh, the Force Material podcast, Star Wars designer uh, Ivan Menzella revealed the process behind designing the characters um, and that while there were some interesting reveals that, um, you know, he he had a love for old-fashioned horror movies, you know, those from the Hammer Studios uh, which was a British uh, production company responsible for monster movies such as um, The Curse of Frankenstein and The Mummy. And he revealed how the design was kind of inspired by Peter Cushing. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I don't have that soundboard. <laughs> okay. Um, now, of course, if you're going, well, what, what's that all about? Well... You know, Peter Cushing played in a lot of the Hammer Studios videos, but he was also... Grand Moff Tarkin. Correct. So, one of the theories, kind of, you know, was that Snoke was actually... Clone of Grand Moff Tarkin, or resurrected version? Kind of, sort of, you know, like, hey, I kind of, you know... Again, total fan theory... You know, about it. Not true, but you could kind of see if you look at Snoke and you look at, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, yeah, you can kind of see the similarities a little bit. Oh, it's a stretch. I I'm, think we're stretching here, yeah. Just saying, but it was kind of interesting, but at least to know that the person that designed the character was going for that look more so because of the monster look from you know the hammer studios that I, really... I could almost buy that you know i thought and i think a lot of people thought and we talked about this in a mm-hmm. previous podcast that he looked more like what we would have expected uh palpatine's master right to look like he was closer to that species right right but you know i guess the the real question that i had about the character is he was clearly very powerful in the force mm-hmm how did Palpatine create someone that powerful? Right. And if he did, why was he all jacked up like that? Hmm. Was that a product of the cloning? You know, was this someone who wasn't cloned, but it was someone that Palpatine took in as a secret apprentice? Right. Like, there's so much about Snoke that that we don't know. Right. That was all wiped out. 
in Last Jedi when they basically cut him in half for no good reason. Right. So, you know, a lot of the speculation here is I, I justify because we don't know enough about the character. Mm-hmm. So, again, an interesting little, you know, could it be a clone of his? Uh, we don't know. Okay. Well, so. we'll, we'll, we'll leave that hanging out there for right now. Absolutely. I think that was all we had for Tales from the Edge of the Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our entertainment news. Insights into Teens, a podcast series exploring the issues and challenges of today's youth. Talking to real teens about real teen problems. Explore issues from braces to puberty, social anxiety to financial responsibility. Each week, we talk about the topics concerning today's youth. We look at how the issues affect teens, how to cope with these issues, and how parents, friends, and loved ones can help teens handle these challenges. Check out our video episodes on youtube.com backslash insights into things. Catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoteens.com or on the web at insightsintothings.com. So tell us what else has been delayed. So fans have to wait till next year to see sequels to everything that they've been waiting for. Uh, so A Quiet Place uh, and Top Gun have now been delayed until 2021. Um, so both movies were part of, uh, you know, the release date shakeup, obviously, that happened. Um, uh, this was actually re- uh, announced the other week um, that originally they were supposed to be um, releasing in October. Um, the Top Gun uh, sequel was supposed to... Um, be released uh, in December, and now both of them have been pushed out uh, to April and July of 2021. Um, So, you know, in a a statement, they said, we truly believe that there is no movie viewing experience like the one enjoyed in theaters. Uh, We are committed to the theatrical experience and our exhibition partners, and we want to stress that we are confident that when the time comes, audiences everywhere everywhere will continue uh, once again, enjoy the singular joy of seeing Paramount films on the big screen. Obviously, with the announcement, you know, they talked about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that being pushed out until April uh, t- of 2022, even. Um, and then, you know, a whole bunch of other movies that were, you know, going to be for, you know, t- basically with, w- like with the Star Wars that were supposed to be 2022 are now pushed to, you know, 2023, um, you know, and, and so forth. Um, you know, there were, uh, you know, the Mulan was one that was set to come out and that's been, you know, pushed back basically everything. Um, you know, cause at this point they don't know when, when the movie theaters are, are going to open. Um, and this was something that you and I have talked about, numerous times is that if the movie is ready if the movie is done release it through streaming you know or you know it just kind of seems i don't know it kind of seems silly to just hold on to it you know granted if you're releasing everything that you you have in the can now then by the time you know things do open up you're not going to have anything to play so i you know i understand that but it just kind of seems silly. Well, we'll just hold off till next year. It's done. You might as well start make, you know, make some money on it now versus, you know, waiting. But then again, you know, what, what do we know? So, well, and I have to assume that there's probably some agreements in place that say they have to release a certain number of movies per year with the studios in order to keep the deals with the studios going. Sure. Um, on top of that, I have to also assume that they're grossing more money with in-studio movies Mm -hmm. than they are with streaming. 
But the short-sighted part of that is you have no idea what the in-theater experience is going to be and right. how many people are, you're going to get now right? and how much of those revenues are going to drop. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's kind of short-sighted holding on to them. I can only really see that justified if there's a agreement, a licensing agreement mm-hmm. in place already right. with the studios where you have to release a certain number. Right. But – the streaming aspect of it has, has proven to be very effective and very Absolutely. profitable. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I could see them having different levels of movies, you know, your B movies being released streaming where your right. blockbusters are still coming and out. And even the and even Disney is kind of doing that. You know, there's a couple of movies that were supposed to come out in the theater, not big blockbusters, and now they've decided that those are going to st- you know, be be streaming, where obviously the others, like Mulan, they haven't talked about anything with that. They want that as a theatrical release. So Well, and the thing is, is the theaters haven't reopened yet. Right. So you haven't tested the waters mm-hmm. to see what it's going to look like when right. you put out and, a movie in the theaters and here. The so other you have th- no idea what right. level of success you can expect? Is mm-hmm. it going to be a complete flop? Right. Should we have done a dual release of both of them? And that's what I was just going to say is that maybe what by the time they realize, okay, we're going to be able to do a th- theatrical release, they'll do it with a streaming release, you know, as well. So that I, I could see because the other thing too is all the theaters, you know, they're not going to be opening to, to full capacity when right. they first start. Exactly. So, you know, how many seats do you, you know, do you book in front and back, decide, decide, you know, so a theater that normally would hold, you know, a hundred people, are you only filling with 25? Right. You know, at that point, you're losing so much more money, but I could see if you tap well, on, and you, could, you know. You could get away with that if you did that and you had the theater release extend their time period. Right. Then so you might if, be if able usually to. Usually it's three months that they're in the theater. You right. might go to four or five months in the theater to, to try, try and get and, those people in. Right. And again, how many people are going to want to go? You know, obviously we know there are people that at this point are willing to to do anything. You right. know, you have people that are going out to eat um, at the restaurants that are, are open for just outdoor eating. You have people that are going to these uh, uh, drive-in experiences for concerts and comedians and, and drive-in movies and, and things like that. Obviously, there are people going to Disney. There are people going to Universal. There are people that are... Yeah, I mean, you have people that Out. are willing to push the boundaries at this right. point in time. Right. But the other thing is, I think you're going to see a lot of theaters close down because mm-hmm. they simply cannot operate under the current conditions right. profitably. Right. So it's, you know, three months, six months, 12 months yeah. from now, it's going to be a completely different ball game out there. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't keep pushing these things out. You're you're dumping all this money into them. You got to get a return on that investment sooner yeah, or later. You know, and and it, you know the article talks about how you know Top Gun cost over a hundred and fifty million dollars to make. So they know if they do it on streaming, they're not going to make right. nearly that much. So they need to have, you know, the the ticket sales. But if they're there. How how you know how are you gonna do that if you know things aren't aren't opening? So exactly. So well that was all we had for our entertainment mm-hmm. news. We'll be right back with our insightful picks of the week. Mm-hmm. Go for your insightful pick. So my insightful pick uh was a documentary that I just kind of happened upon um, that was on uh, Amazon Prime. It is called uh, Ray Harryhausen Special Effects Titan. Um, the documentary was actually made um, in 2011, and the film was actually made over a 10-year period, and it actually features interviews and tributes um, from, you know, 
almost every filmmaker who was ever inspired uh, by his work. Um, so um, the documentary, the original documentary, uh, was from a 1990 documentary, Ray Harryhausen, um, Movement Into Life Made at the Time, that was actually made by a film student who now has become a trustee in the Ray and Diana Harryhausen Foundation. And in this um, documentary, you learn about the foundation, which basically is trying to preserve all of his models and, um, you know, uh, props from, you know, all the various movies. Um, and one of the funny scenes is they show uh, cleaning out his garage. And he was just such a pack rat where he kept everything and they would open this one box and they'd pull out something and like, oh, this is the head of blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they find all these um, pieces um, and they were able to put them on display in a museum. So if you don't know who Ray um, Harryhausen is, if the name doesn't sound familiar, his work, if you see it, you'll know exactly who it is. He's um, a special effects artist who really kind of brought the stop motion animation um, to to life, um, quote unquote, haha, um, through, you know, the, the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, up until I think think one of the last films was clash of the titans and that's you know the one that i knew of him and you know through watching sven Gulli, you know on on saturday nights i've gotten to see you know some of his older stuff um you know a lot of the movies are, are kind of those b horror movies but his creatures were always the main star of it and what you see from you know watching this documentary is you know he for most of his his work it was just him and maybe one other person that did it you know he did the camera work he did you know the the stop motion um you know animation of of the creatures he created the creatures um and you know put it all together he he would you know take the the um film that was recorded um of the live action and would show it on one screen and he would kind of stand in front of the other screen with his his creature and you know shot by shot you know integrate the the two together and you know and, and to see um you know, all the different, uh, you know, directors, you know, from today, Steven Spielberg and uh, James Cameron and Peter Jackson and, you know, basically all of them saying, you know, if it wasn't for, for Ray, you know, and, and us seeing, you know, his movies as kids, we wouldn't have been making the movies that we're making, you know, today. So, you know, so much love, you know, for him in it. Um, and what's kind of neat is, you know, after you watch the, um, the documentary, all of his, his movies are available, you know, as well. So you can go and watch some of these classic horror movies. Um, and, and now that you have like the backstory of the character, you can go and actually watch and go, Oh, I, I saw that. I know how that, that works. So very cool, you know, especially, I'm somebody that, you know, likes the old movies and, you know, especially the old horror movies and, and stuff. Um, you know, so this was kind of interesting to, to see, you know, a behind the scenes, um, you know, look at it. So cool. Nice pick. Thank you. So my pick this week is not surprisingly a documentary. <gasps> Uh, but this one was actually recommended to me by Sam, mm -hmm. uh, my son, and the uh, our co-host of uh, Insights into Tomorrow. And this is In Search of the Last Action Heroes on Amazon Prime. It's a documentary detailing uh, the action genre over the past 50 years, from the early westerns to the contemporary movies of today. Loaded with interviews with stars who helped influence and shape the films we grew up on. And what was interesting about 
this documentary was they take you through the entire history of action heroes, but they really focus on the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, 80s, they were the really big action movies at the time. You had the rise of Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Uh, you moved into Van Damme. You had Dolph Lundgren. You had all these guys mm-hmm. that came out and, and, you know, they were what were kind of classified in the documentary as the muscle-bound action heroes. Okay. Uh, the guys who had these superhero physiques um, that came out and did, you know, the various commando movies and mm-hmm. Rambo and all that stuff. And they do a very good job of breaking down how each movie, you know, in the genres defined what that genre was. And they ran with that genre for a little while, and then you moved on to the next one and the next one, and you get into the 90s, and you start to get into the more realistic action hero types, like, uh, you know, uh, John McClane from Die Hard with Bruce Willis. Okay. You know, you get these guys who are really the average, everyday kind of guys. Mm-hmm. You get Jason Bourne. Right, You know, right. they're not these, you know, super well-built mm-hmm. guys that look like they stepped off of the gym. And it was it was very interesting to see how they categorized everything and how the the idea of an action hero evolved over time, and they even uh, kind of culminate with the Schwarzenegger movie, The Last Action Hero. Okay, that kind of lampoons the whole action hero genre, um, and how they made fun of it, and you know they they kind of acknowledged the ridiculousness of some Mm -hmm. of the stuff. Right. Uh, So it was a very good, it was very long. I was kind of surprised at how long it was because of how much material was presented. Um, And they interviewed a lot of the B action hero stars. Like you didn't get a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone, but you got some of the people they co-starred with. Okay. Um, So it was interesting hearing some of the behind the scenes uh, stuff about how easy these people were, how difficult they were to work with. And, and the Steven Seagal's, how he was, he came up and, and like he was this really nice guy early on. And then as he worked his way through the business. Kind of became a he, diva later yeah, on and stuff. Yeah, so it was, it was an interesting cross-section of what it's like to be an action movie star. Mm-hmm. So In Search of the Last Action Heroes on Amazon Prime. And we'll be back in a minute for a quick recap of Comic-Con at Home. So we sat in on a couple of uh, mm-hmm. panels on YouTube. Right. I sat um, in on a couple of others. Um, we did, what did we do? We did What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. We did um, Walking Dead. And we did Star Trek. And we did Star Trek. I did, uh, there was a Robert Kirkman one, just him. Uh, I did that one. Then there was a TV guide one where it was like various different actors um, from different shows. It was like fan favorites of, you know, certain shows um, where I think everything except for like two shows I I actually had watched. So I knew. So it was just kind of like, oh, um, and then the Kevin Smith one I started watching, but I didn't uh, yeah, finish I'd like to it. Watch. I know, we watched these all on YouTube. Did right. you watch any of them live? Well, none of them were actually live. Okay. That was, that was the thing. So what you had to do is you had to go to um, Comic Con's website and they would have the schedule and they would have, you know, the list of everything that was going to be going on and everything had a YouTube link to it that would become available at that time. So like what we do in the shadows wasn't available until 6 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Okay, okay. So all of them were actually pre-recorded. Because the ones was actually, that I watched were after the, the scheduled releases. Right. Everything everything was actually pre-recorded because in a couple of different ones they said, well, by now you've already seen you know, the series finale, or by now you've seen this because it's already come out. So obviously they took the last, you know, month or so to, to go and film, 
you know, a right. lot of these. So nothing was actually uh, live that I, I knew of. I knew there were a couple of different live uh, things that were coming out from people that were doing podcasts talking about the release of, right. oh, did you just watch, you know, so you couldn't find out anything until that actual... Um, so without going into grueling details or or reviews, what do you think? Was it a success? Was it not a success? For what it was, I, I think it was. You know, um, everybody commented, you know, okay, it's nothing like, you know, being in Hall H um, and having, you know, the thousands and thousands of screaming fans, but it's nice that we're able to get together and share this time with you. Right. I think that was kind of the overall, you know, we did what we could do and Hey, you know what? It's great that we live in this day and age where we have this technology available. If this was something that had happened, you know, 30 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do anything. We wouldn't be able to do any of this. Um, so to be able to, con you know, the, the, the celebrities and, and the artists being able to connect with their fans like this, I think, you know, I think it worked out. You know, I think it also gave people a chance um, who normally don't attend conventions or have never been able to get to San Diego Comic Con to kind of give you a little taste of, of what it's like. You know, we've always talked about that's kind of like our bucket list is to do San Diego. Um, so here was a nice little teaser, sure. you know, for it. You know, I, I liked it. Um, I wasn't particularly crazy about the inconsistencies between the different panels that I watched. Mm -hmm. You had very different qualities of panel hosts mm -hmm. you had very different qualities of the technology the video that was in use mm -hmm. like some of these guys knew that they were getting you know they were going to be doing the panel and they didn't bother to check to make sure that they could keep a connection right. going or their lighting was terrible or their cameras didn't work right right like, or you couldn't hear them and, you know they're you doing know. entire talk shows right now mm -hmm. remotely over zoom and other types of things like right. this where they've got absolutely gorgeous setups and mm -hmm. i think they probably could have invested a little bit more in that right what i would like to see going forward because we've watched other conventions mm -hmm. remotely like like we went to celebration but couldn't get into any of the panels right right and i watched them all remotely and it right. was fantastic right so what i'd love to see is when we do go back to a regular convention schedule that they still stream these mm -hmm. and they give us these things right. streamed live and available for watching but do it professionally produced right and i could even see you know if you know, because obviously they didn't make any money off of this. You know, right. the, everything was free. You didn't have to pay for anything because I there do were know. Commercials, though, so they were making some money on commercials. Right. But there were some conventions that are doing these online versions um, that you do have to pay to even watch. Because I understand people need to, you know. You got to pay the bill. Somebody has to pay the bill. So I could see them even doing a weekend pass for, you know, 20 bucks. Well, and I wouldn't have a problem with that right. if it was professionally Exactly. Produced. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like I could definitely see us saying next year, okay, we're still not ready to go to San Diego just yet, but for 30 bucks, we get an all access pass to all the streaming events because that's the other thing too is that, you know, when we went to celebration even certain things they streamed, certain things they didn't, right, certain right. things that they, you know, are are hush-hush. So I could see them even doing like a premium, yeah. you know, like, oh, you want this one? Well, that's the $50 one, yeah. you know, to be able to to get the exclusive spot. And, yeah, have it professionally done and, you know, you'll get a lot more people to, to watch the, you know. So, you know, I think overall, I think it was, it was mm -hmm. successful. It was certainly worth the money I paid to see it. <laughs> um. 
what was what so was cute was, was was seeing on you know Facebook and and other places um, people that normally go to Comic Con and kind of you know doing parodies of you know they printed out signs like front of the line yeah, yeah. back of the line you know and you know hey we're the last person in line for this thing you know so they kind of you know kept the the fun going so that so was thumbs that was up or thumbs down for comic con i would say thumbs up i would agree 100 percent. yeah i think that was all we had for today mm-hmm. before we go i do want to invite everyone to uh, check out our long form articles on medium at medium.com slash insights into things uh if you enjoy the show please uh, subscribe to us you can get us on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, stitcher iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Overcast, everything else. Remember, if you are looking uh, for our shows, our audio version is listed under Insights into Entertainment, and all of our videos show up as Insights into Things. Uh, We would love to hear from you. Please give us your feedback. You can email us at comments at insightsintothings.com. You can find us on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv backslash insightsintothings. You can get us on Twitter at insights underscore things. On YouTube at youtube.com backslash insights into things. You can catch our audio versions on podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. Or the web version, or I'm sorry, the audio version of all of our podcasts at podcast.insightsintoentertainment.com. And you can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash insights into things podcast. I think that's everything. That's it. And another one in the books. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye.